Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. What's up and welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're back with me for what's going to be a very special episode of the podcast. Um, You can already see the time length because it's a podcast and not a live broadcast. But um, it'll probably be a shorter podcast because I have very little notes. Um, but I just wanted to share with you what's been on my spirit today and uh, this week. And I'm already, I'm already getting, having a hard time talking because this is something that's really been on my heart uh, this past week. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I consider myself a spiritual person, someone that you know, I have a prayer life, I have a word life, you know, I know how to listen and hear the voice of God, and uh, all I know is that now is not a time to be messing around, now is not a time to be lukewarm, or half in and half out, if there's ever been a time to repent, and turn from whatever things in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing, and what you know doesn't glorify God, and turn to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and live for Him with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength, it's now. Now is not the time to play around with with the Lord or with holy things or with your walk with Christ. If there's ever been a time, hear me, you know, just friend to friend, wherever you are, whoever you are, whenever you're listening to this, friend to friend, now is the time to turn to God. Because as time's going by and as this year's progressing, you can see that the world has lost its mind. Media and people who are in power, who have, you know, access to do certain things and the people that are in your ear every day, the people that make the decisions that display what's before your eyes every day, they're evil. And... This world will never be your answer. This world will never be your portion. This world will never be able to deliver to you what God's word and what the blood of Jesus can deliver to you. So before we get into today's podcast, which will help you with what's going on and how to perceive what's going on around you, I just want to tell you that right off the bat today, because I can feel it in the spirit. I can feel it in my spirit, you know. You know, being someone that preaches pretty often, you know, you're, you train yourself to always have a word in your spirit. And uh, when, I'm, when I've been praying and spending time with God, and when I'm in, in His presence and I hear His voice, the urge to call people to repentance isn't leaving my spirit. And um, I feel that strong. It's a time to make things right with God before it's eternally too late. Jesus is coming. His return is closer than it's ever been. I don't know exactly when he'll return. No one really does. You know, no one will know the day or the hour. But that doesn't mean you can't discern the season and know the times. And we're in the end times. We're in the last days. We're in the final hour of the last day. So I'm not telling you I know exactly when Jesus is coming, but what I can tell you is that he's coming soon. 
you don't have, you know, 40 years to think things over and do whatever you want to do and then come back to God and say you're sorry. Now is the time. Now is the time because things are going to get, you know, I don't mean to be a doom and gloom person, but Jesus prophesied and he said in the last days, he compared it to a woman who was in labor with a child. And so it would be foolish, you know, in the natural realm, if a woman was in labor, or excuse me, not in labor, if a woman was having labor pains, because that's what Jesus compared the end times to. It would be ridiculous for a woman who's in having contractions because the baby's getting close to being born. It would be foolish for that woman to pray and be like, God, I want these contractions to go away and... You know, I want to be pregnant for another nine months or something like that. That would be crazy because contractions and birth pangs are a signal and a sign that the baby is getting closer to being born. And that's what Jesus said would be the, like how the signs would be of the end times. And so what I'm trying to get across to you is that things are going to get more severe you know, these events that are happening, these issues that are occurring, they're not going to stop happening and be f further apart. But just like birth contractions, they're going to become more extreme and more severe. And there's going to be less time in between each contraction or each event that's occurring in these last times. So I encourage you and I plead with you from my heart, you know, everything I can give as a minister, as a friend, as someone who's believes that they're anointed by God to preach the gospel, I plead with you, get things right with God and repent and be ready and live ready and become a preacher yourself. You know, don't have to be a, go into full-time ministry, but be someone who's a witness to those around you. Be an influence of righteousness and an influence of God, someone who's led by the spirit of God to those that you come into contact with. Cause now more than ever you're needed and things you know, in the world, like I said, they're not going to get easier, but more things are going to happen and there's going to be less time in between the events that are going to happen. So I want to go to Isaiah chapter 11 because I've entitled today's podcast, The Spirit of Wisdom, The Spirit of Wisdom, because if there's ever been a time to know about the Spirit of Wisdom and have it, as part of your arsenal as a believer, it's now. Because wisdom, really, I would define it this way. It's being able to see the world and see things just like God sees them and act accordingly. That wisdom is the knowledge of God and the heart of God and being able to live out and act upon the heart of God. And you can understand why I'm teaching on this today is because... With everything that's going on right now, with the thousands and millions of voices that are competing for your attention and your ear to tell you what they think about something, for every person out there that wants to, to debate political things or argue about social justice or gun control or racial tension or the upcoming election or the coronavirus or anything, you know, all these things, all these things that pop up that people like to debate about and argue about, I want to show you something about the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Wisdom. Because there is no arguing God, especially as a believer. You know, an atheist, you know, they'll want to debate you all day long. But if you're a believer, 
like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you are, you have to understand that wisdom is inarguable. There's no contest. There's no um, debating God's wisdom. God's wisdom is final and established, and it's higher and it's greater than any wisdom of man or anything that man can do. So I want to go to Isaiah chapter 11 and read to you a prophecy about Jesus because it's powerful. This was what, hallelujah, this is what I read this week. And uh, I would read it. And as I was reading it, tears would fill my eyes because I would think about, I would think about the fullness of what Jesus did on the cross and who he was while he was on the earth. And Isaiah 11 really depicts that beautifully. And I, I want to read it to you today. So Isaiah chapter 11, and I'll begin in verse one. This is about Jesus, a prophecy about Jesus. Isaiah 11 verse one. There shall come forth a shoot or a branch from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Isaiah 61, Luke 4. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. I want to pause there on those last two parts of that verse that I just read. It's at the end of Isaiah chapter 11 verse 3. He shall not judge. Listen to this. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. That's very important, and that's something that really ministered to me this week. Because if you look at what the world's doing right now, that's exactly what's happening every day. And it's even what ministers and preachers are doing, is they're deciding and they're trying to compute things in their brain by what they see on television and what they hear from man and from politicians and from newscasters and influencers and all these people. And so they're basing their life and what they're doing in their life, even when it comes to spiritual things, based upon what their eyes see in the natural and what their ears hear in the natural. But I, what, what I want you to take from Isaiah chapter 11 is that that is not even close to what the wisdom of God really is. Because the wisdom of God has nothing to do with what your natural eyes see or what your natural ears hear. Because there, I can tell you many stories. I'll just give you one off the top of my head about how that's never how a spiritual person reacts to life. Because you can think of 2 Kings chapter 6, where the Bible says the prophet was surrounded, where he was staying in the tent and his servant, they were surrounded by an enemy army in the natural realm. The, the Bible says that Israel was at war and uh, the enemy army, the army that was fighting Israel, they found out that they were losing the war because Israel had a prophet on their side, Elisha, who would get words of knowledge and be able to see the battle plans and the strategies of the enemy and then tell the commander of the Israelite army. And because of the knowledge that the prophet was giving to the commanders of the Israelite army, Israel was winning. So the Bible says that the enemy king 
that the Israelites were facing, he found out that that was the reason why they were losing all these battles to Israel, because they had a prophet that was revealing the knowledge and the information that God would reveal to him. And so the Bible says the enemy king sent an entire army to take out one man, the prophet. So the Bible says that the enemy army surrounded the tent where the prophet and his servant were sleeping. And the Bible says that first the servant woke up and went out to see what was going on. And as he looked around the tent and where they were staying, he saw an entire enemy army with horses and chariots and spears and weapons surrounding the place where the, where the prophet and him were staying. And the Bible says he was filled with fear because he perceived with his natural eyes the army that was around him. And because he perceived it in the natural realm of what was at face value, he was filled with fear at what the enemy was about to do, that they were about to die at the hands of the enemy army. So the Bible says that that servant of the prophet ran back into the tent where they were sleeping, where the prophet was still asleep. And he woke him up and he shook him awake. And he said, Master, can't you see we're going to die that the enemy army uh, is surrounding us and they're going to take us out and kill us? And he was filled with fear and told, basically told the prophet, like, hey, we're going to die. Don't you care? And he woke him up, tried to get him stressed out. But I love the response of a spiritual person. I love the response of someone that has faith and operates by the wisdom of God and possesses the spirit of wisdom. Because the prophet wasn't afraid by what the servant told him, but he simply went to praying and he said, Lord, as he prayed, open the eyes of my servant that he might see that there are actually more for us than there are against us. And the Bible says, after the prophet prayed that prayer, he sent his servant back out of the tent to look again at the situation that he saw before. But this time when the, pro when the servant went out, the Lord did open his eyes. He opened his spiritual eyes. And when the servant looked around the tent, not only did he see the enemy army in the natural, but he saw a spiritual army that was surrounding the enemy army. Angels and soldiers of heaven with swords of flaming fire, a greater army in greater number. And so he ran back into the tent a second time and he told the prophet and he said, surely there are more for us than there are against us. I told you that story to, tell, to let you know and remind you that wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, God's wisdom is not to perceive life at face value and to take things as they come. But that's exactly what the world and what ministers at large have done is that they've looked around and seen the situation the world's in and the church is in and they've taken it at face value and they've allowed their natural eyes to fill them with fear because of the perception of the problem. But that is never how the child of God, that is never how you and me should react to situations that arise in the world. You know, David was never once for one second afraid of Goliath, even though in the natural realm and to everyone else that was on the battlefield that day, he was heavily outnumbered in the natural realm that this dude, Goliath, was nine foot, five feet tall, whatever, how tall he was, was 
trained to fight and be a soldier from when he was a youth, and David was but a youth. That's what King Saul said about the battle. But David didn't allow the natural perceptions and the natural odds of the situation sway his faith or deter his spirit of wisdom that he received from receiving the anointing in the chapter before. He saw that situation and saw it as an opportunity for God to show himself strong and show himself mighty. You know, that's how we should react as people of God, that we operate by a spirit of wisdom that God gives us by his spirit. That if I possess the spirit of God, I possess the spirit of wisdom. Because in Isaiah chapter 11, what we just read, it said the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And then it lists all the things that the spirit of the Lord contains. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge. Listen to these words. This is exactly what I'm teaching on today. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes or debates by what his ears hear. You know, that's something that if you told that to someone that's not spiritual or doesn't understand the spirit of wisdom or doesn't understand the word of God, they would be like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. What do you mean you can't you know, judge life by what your eyes see or what your ears hear. That's all we have to do. Well, that's all that you have to do if you've limited yourself to your own uh, fleshly standards as a human being. But as a Christian, we believe in something called the Spirit of God, something that you can't see, something that you can't hold in your hands, but something that empowers you to do things that are beyond your natural human capabilities. But we've lost that as a church. We've lost the leading of the Holy Ghost. We've lost what Paul taught in Galatians 5, to live a life led by the Spirit of God, that he said that as many are as the sons of God, they are led by the Spirit of God. We've lost that principle of the Word of God, where instead of being led by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of faith, we've allowed the enemy to trick us into thinking that we can uh, solve the issues to these problems in our own mind and in our own natural wisdom and our own natural understanding of the situation. But that is not what God wants us to do. And that is not what the word of God teaches us to do. I want you to understand today that you can live your life by the spirit of wisdom that God gives to those that are willing and obedient to receive it. You know, I, I just don't understand what possesses a Christian to not rely on God, but to rely on what they've learned in their books on political theory or political science or psychology or therapy or whatever it is, social justice. You know, there's no greater means to understand life and how to live victoriously and have an abundant good life than to know and understand the words of God and the spirit of wisdom that's born from his word. How do I know the spirit of wisdom is born from his word? I know it because of Proverbs chapter 2. I'm going to turn there very quickly and read it to you. Proverbs chapter 2. I want to show you how you can attain the spirit of wisdom because what good is me teaching you about how you should live and operate by the spirit of wisdom, but not teach you how you can get it. So listen to this, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. It says this, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth 
come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, and he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Okay, perfect. Now we have the recipe and the means to understand how we can possess the spirit of wisdom that comes from God. God said, or excuse me, uh, Solomon wrote in Proverbs, he said, the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes understanding and comes knowledge. Well, what comes from the mouth of God? The word of God. So we understand that not only does faith come by the word of God, but wisdom comes from the word of God. So how do I possess and know the wisdom of God? You read the word of God and you allow it to be deposited into your spirit. That's why to me, I feel like there's no way that the modern preacher and Christian and leaders in the church have a real love for the word of God and have it in their heart. Because when situations like the ones that are arising today are rising up, you would think that that spirit of wisdom and the things that are born out of this book, the Holy Bible, would be the first things that would come out of their mouth. But that is not what came out of their mouth. What came out of their mouth was a people-pleasing message that they knew would make them the least uh, offensive, the least controversial, the least attention-grabbing, because all they want to do is not make a difference, not stand up for what the Bible says or what God says right or what God said is His wisdom, but they just want to be liked by people. They just want to build themselves up to be perceived as someone that's a social justice warrior or someone that's conscious of the problems that exist in the world. But let me tell you, friend, that that is not the spirit of wisdom and that is not the love of God. The love of God is is being bold enough to preach his word uncompromisingly even when the generation in which you live hates you for it. And even when the generation in which you live will tell you that you're a bigot or a racist or someone that doesn't care about people for it. But the love of God is something and it's someone who preaches the truth of the word of God and the spirit of wisdom despite any contrary opinion, despite any backlash or persecution that comes for standing up for truth, that even though they kill me, I will preach the word of God with my whole heart and with my full force because I understand that that is the thing that will solve the problems of the world and bring light into it because Jesus was the light of the world, that in him was the light of men and in the light of men was the life of men, that it was the word of God, Christ Jesus. It was the thing that was the wisdom of God and the thing that solves every issue of life. And that's why I have a hard time right now and I'm, and I'm grieved in my spirit because how can you as a minister at a time like this do anything but stand on the word of God and preach it uncompromisingly and preach it louder than you have ever preached it? It's time to stand up for what God said is his wisdom and not bow to what the world says is theirs because let me show you something about the wisdom of men. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. People think you know, the Bible is good. It's full of good principles. You know, it has some good things in life to live by. But, you know, it was written thousands of years ago. How can we live by it? That is not true. The Bible is the word of God in print. The Bible is God's heart and knowledge and wisdom put into print and to put onto pages. It is the answer for the world today because Jesus was the word. And I believe Jesus is the life of men and the only hope for humanity. 
that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and only those that come through him can gain access to the Father. So the word is the access point, and the word is the way to access what God has. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple verses from 1 Corinthians 3. And I want to show you something about man's wisdom. Because people, like I said, you know, either they'll reject the Bible completely and they hate God, or they're, you know, lukewarm, surface-level Christians that like to post a verse on their Instagram, but then vote for a nominee or a political party that approves abortion and things that go against the word of God. You are not a Christian. You are not a Christian if you have it in your heart to vote for a person, a congressman, a senator, a presidential candidate who is a supporter and someone that approves of the killing of unborn children. You are not a Christian. I don't know why I got on that, but I just feel to say that from my spirit. Because people say, oh, who are you voting for? If you can vote for somebody that's pro-abortion, I don't want to have any further conversation about the whole political election. Because how can you see past that? Well, I believe in everything else, but I, you know, not the abortion thing. Well, that's a big thing. That's like saying I'm best friends with someone because they have a great personality and I can just look past the fact that they're a serial killer. You're crazy. You can't even think logically. How can you get past the issue of killing an unborn child to get past, to get to your political views? You're a fool. And you're, and you don't please the heart of God with that kind of mentality. On that subject, let's talk about the wisdom of men. Let's see what God says about it. Verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks you are wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and they are futile and they produce nothing good. So let no one boast in men for all things are yours. Well, that, there you go. First Corinthians chapter three, verses 18 to 20. God lets you know what he thinks about the wisdom of men and the wisdom of the present age in which you live. It's folly and it's futile. What does that mean, that word futile? The word futile means it's able to produce nothing that's good. So that's what God thinks about the wisdom of men in earthly understanding and knowledge. And that's why I'm teaching you today about the spirit of wisdom, how to think like God. How do you become like, you know, possess the spirit of God and the wisdom of God? Well, the Bible says if you think you're wise in your own eyes, you need to humble yourself to become a fool to and really become wise like God says you can become wise. That's a paradox that a lot of people can never get past because they're so prideful. They can't lay down their own wisdom to receive the wisdom of heaven in the spirit of wisdom that only comes from the word of God. But get it in your spirit today that you're going to be a person that lives by the spirit of wisdom that comes from heaven and comes from the word and not someone that judges the natural circumstances of life by what they perceive by their eyes and know because what they've heard in their ears. That's not the wisdom of God. And as the more you do that, the more your life will be like a roller coaster. 
Because, let me go to Matthew chapter 7, I'll show you why. Because I don't have to share my opinion, I can just go to the Bible and tell you why your, your life will be a roller coaster if you, if you live that way. If you live your life in the sense, in the, in the, in the way that you think, Oh, I can just think any way I want, and I can just do anything I want, and I can read books from who knows who people read nowadays, but whoever people think are wise nowadays. Oh, I'm going to read, you know, Stephen Hawking. I'm going to read, uh, who, I don't know. I don't, I can't even tell you. I, I don't, because I don't participate or read what they, what they believe, but whoever people think are the carry the wisdom of the earth and are the smartest people and know all about politics and know all about government and know all about social justice and they fill their minds with all that stuff and they're like well you know I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus but did you hear what so and so said did you hear what the politician so and said said in their speech the other day wasn't that so wonderful let me tell you something some there is nothing that can come from a human mouth that was perceived by a human brain that can even come close to comparison to the wisdom that comes from God and is born out of the word of God. There's no comparison. And if you live your life in the mindset that you can have the wisdom of men and the wisdom of God, you're deceiving yourself. You can't have a half and half relationship. You can't be halfway in and halfway out. For God said, I would rather that you would be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you or spit you or vomit you out of my mouth. So God's not in the business of dealing with people that have one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the kingdom of the world. God said, choose you this day whom you shall serve. He said, I present before you two decisions, life and death, blessing and cursing. I would rather that you choose life that you might live. That's the Bible. That's real preaching. But that's something you'll never hear a lot today because a lot of modern preachers they're too scared to preach against sin they're too scared to preach the conviction of the holy ghost to live righteous and to live in purity and to live in holiness and instead they've compromised and lowered themselves down and watered down their doctrine to allow people who are full of sin and headed to hell to be in their church pews week after week and never tell them that if they continue on the path they're on they won't make it into the kingdom of heaven. And one day, believe me, friend, the preachers and the people that allowed the people they had an influence over and the ability and the ability to speak life into and the ability to preach heaven in, into and they allowed them to go to hell, the blood of the souls of those people will be on the hands of the watchmen, the ministers that were appointed to lead them and shepherd them into life. It's no way to live, especially as a Christian, especially as a minister. You know, I used to think, man, what a pity it is that people that are in the world are living that way. But I've realized during this time that that kind of living, that kind of mentality has seeped and seeked itself into the church of Jesus Christ. And it's within the foundations of the ministerial gifts that people that you thought were the leaders of the body of Christ, people that were supposed to lead us into, you know, all these things, they allowed that kind of greasy doctrine to slip into their consciousness where they preach it to their people, and their people will suffer for it. 
and it grieves me, my heart and it grieves the heart of God because the wisdom of God is born from this word. It's not born from the minds of men and what you can conjure up in your own self-effort and things that you think of. That's not where wisdom comes from. The spirit of wisdom is born from the word of God. And the more you think that way, the more your life will be a roller coaster. Where things are going good, things are going bad. Where life's going good and then the news comes out and announces a hurricane or whatever else is coming. You know, for goodness sakes, who knows what's going to be on the, on the news now. And, be, and as soon as you get a negative news report, your life goes from being good to dropping super low. Because your life wasn't built upon the rock of God's word. You built your life like a foolish man upon the sand. And that's why I'm going to Matthew chapter 7. Because I want to read to you what Jesus taught about how to live by wisdom. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Listen to the words of Jesus today. Verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine. This is Jesus speaking. And does them will be like a wise man. Keyword wise man. Everyone who hears these words of mine. The words of Jesus, because it's Jesus speaking. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came. What's that? That's the problems and the issues of life. That's the latest news report. That's the latest statistic from the CDC or the WHO or whoever's trying to fill your mind with negative thoughts. The winds and the floods came, the rain came, the winds blew, and they beat on that house, but it did not fall. Listen to this. Because it had been founded upon the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the report from the WHO came out, and the report of the Category 4, four hurricane came out, and the uh, craziness of the upcoming election came out, all the problems came out, the racial tension and violence and protesting and riots came out, they were on the news, and the winds blew, and they beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So I want to show you something else about the wisdom of men and the wisdom of God and what Jesus said. Jesus said, you want to have a good life? You want to have a life that's steady and unmovable and unshakable by the circumstances of life? Here's what you have to do. You have to hear the words that I speak and do them and live by them and allow them to become a part of the fabric of who you are as a human being. That your spirit connects to, with the word of God and you possess faith in the spirit of wisdom because of the word of God. Why? Because you attain wisdom by the word of God, Proverbs 2, 6, and you also possess faith by the word of God. And that's Romans, uh, I believe it's eight seventeen, but it's in the book of Romans. So faith and wisdom both come from the hearing of the word of God and the words of Jesus that Jesus said, you want to be someone that's like someone that built their house upon a rock? Here's what you do. You live by the words that I speak and you allow them to become a part of who you are. But like I said, the circumstances and the things that are taking place 
on the earth right now are a signal and showing you that not every, very, excuse me, not everyone, very few people, very few people really live their life by this book and by the principles that are within the book. A lot of them are like the foolish man that built their house upon the sand, that the, that the winds came, the waves came, the reports of the hurricanes and the racial tension and the, and the hate crimes and the violence and the riots and the protesting and the looting and the election and the craziness and this virus and disease and all this, all of these things are coming out. And they're allowing fear to overtake them. You know what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21? He said that in the last days, people's hearts would fail them for fear. Because of the rumors of war, because of the viruses and pestilence and disease, because of violence, because of all the crazy things that Jesus prophesied would be happening around the time of his second coming. You know, five years ago, it would be very difficult you know, to tell someone that's not saved that Jesus is coming soon and all these things are going to take place. But right now in the year 2020, there's never been a more effective time to preach on end time prophecy and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because people are like, yeah, yeah, all the things that Jesus said. It's like he knew exactly what was going to happen. It's because he did know exactly what was going to happen. And he listed it out in Luke chapter 21 and Matthew 26. You can go into Revelation 13, Revelation 17, you can, Ezekiel 38. There's so much in the Bible, prophecy, that you can read and see that line upon line, thing upon thing, has already been spoken into existence and it's happening every day. That you can turn on the news every day and see a new chapter of the Bible that's being fulfilled before your very eyes. That's how close we are to the second coming of Jesus. And that's why I came on today to preach about the spirit of wisdom and to preach you into a mindset and stir your faith to the point where you say, I'm repenting and I'm turning to God because I know that during a time like this, God is the only answer for America and God is the only answer for the world. That God's the only answer for me and God's the only answer for you. God's wisdom is greater far superior and more excellent in every way than the wisdom of men. Don't live your life. Don't go through your whole life. And, and one day when you pass away or you, you know, if you're a Christian, get raptured or Jesus comes back and you're left behind, don't allow the thought of never truly repenting and giving your life wholly to God to hold you back and keep you on this planet or send you to hell. My heart is not that for you, nor is it the heart of God. I have not come to hang a sign around my neck that says doom and gloom and destruction and despair and that you're going to go to hell and, and there's no hope for you and God doesn't love you. That's not my message today. My message is a sh shot from the bow and a wake-up call to my generation that it's time to repent. It's time to live by the spirit of wisdom. It's time to live with the mindset of eternity, that Jesus is coming, that this life will soon pass, that the things of this earth will fade away, but the word of God shall endure forever, that there is a moment that you have, very short moment, it's called life, that you have to repent and give your life to God and do as much as you can for God while you're here, but those moments are brief and this life is short, but heaven is eternal and but so is hell.
And I plead with you, make the decision to repent and turn to a loving God and a loving Savior and a loving Father who cares for you, that he is not willing, the Bible says, that any should perish, but he is willing that all should come to repentance. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to be in relationship with him. He wants you to be in heaven with him. God doesn't send anybody to hell. People's own pride sends them to hell because they never come to a realization that God is the answer for the issues of life and the sin that they have through the fall of humanity. I plead with you today, my friend, wherever you are and whoever you are, I need you to repent during this time for Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I want you to go to heaven. I don't want you to be left behind. I don't want you to miss out on an eternal, blissful experience and life and eternity with the Savior and with our God. I love you today. I, I'm on here because I love you. I'm, you know, I'm saved. I'll be okay. If I never record one more podcast, I'll be all right. My family, we have enough money. We have enough food. We have enough for us. But I'm on here today and my family will continue to preach the gospel because we have a heart for people and we have a heart that's towards toward God and wants to please the heart of God. And I'm on here today to plead with you. It's time to repent. It's time to turn to the Lord. It's time to get things right with God. It's time to tell the Lord, I'm, I'm going to serve you the rest of my days because this world can't offer me anything. The NBA and the NFL and sports and video games and music and distractions on this planet, they can't, they can't get me to heaven. Nothing will entertain me. Nothing has the same distraction value it once had, you know. I can't even watch, you know, I, I, I love sports. I've always loved sports, but I can't even get into it anymore. It's like the things of the earth are growing strangely dim. You know, there is an old hymn that we used to sing, and that was one of the lines. It was the hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look into his wonderful face, and the things of this world will go strangely dim. <laughs> the things of this earth shall grow strangely dim. And I'm telling you, that's what's happening for me. I don't know how you feel. I don't know where you are spiritually. I don't even know if you're a Christian yet. That's why I'm going to give an opportunity, and I'm going to pray with you today if you aren't. Because it would be foolish of me to preach to you about all these things in the spirit of wisdom and not give you an opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart and serve Him all the days of your life. But I just want to touch on this briefly, that the things of earth, they, they rot. <laughs> and they they corrupt and they fade away and they become dust and they become nothing. It doesn't matter. These things don't matter. What matters is the word of God. What matters is your relationship with the Lord. What matters is are you closer to Jesus today than you were yesterday? What matters is are you covered by the blood of Jesus? Do you live each day to please him? Is your heart torn, turned towards him? Is sin free from your life? And are you living holy and pure and righteously before him every day? That's what matters. What matters is not how many people follow you on your social media. What matters is not public perception of people, what matters is, are you right with God? And is there nothing that is separating you from his love? That's what matters. And in a time like this, it's time to turn towards God. 
And I want to give you that opportunity today because the wisdom of men and the things of the earth can't compare to the spirit of wisdom that's born from the word of Almighty God. So wherever you are and whoever you are, if you feel to pray with me today, I want to give you that opportunity. So if you have to, get on your knees. Wherever you are, maybe you're riding a, a subway, maybe you're on a bus, maybe you're on a plane. I don't know where you are, but I want you to close your eyes. And if you want, lift a hand to heaven, lift your hand to God. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. I want you to say this. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Say, Jesus, I want to live for you. I reject this world. I reject the wisdom of men. Lord, I'm tired of trying by myself and on my own. I need your help. I need your spirit. And I need your wisdom. I love you, Lord. Dear Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you. And one day, either by rapture or by me passing from this earth, I want to spend my eternity in heaven with you. I pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm covered by his blood all the days of my life and for the rest of eternity. And it's in that precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope this podcast blessed you today. If you've if you take anything away from the time that I've had with you on this podcast, I want you to take this away. That now's the time to repent. Now's the time to turn towards God and get things right before it's eternally too late. Live every day for Him. Live far from sin. Grow detached from the world and grow attached to the wisdom and the spirit of heaven that's born from the word of God. It's the only thing that will make your life like the house that was built like the wise man upon the rock. That even though the winds and the waves of life came and they beat against the house, that house was immovable and unshakable and didn't budge one inch because it was founded on a foundation that was immovable and unhindered. I want you to know that I love you today. I want you to know that God loves you today. Thank you for listening today. This is a word that needs to go out to the generation that we live in. I'm thankful for the platform that God's given me, but there's so many people out there that have never heard this kind of message one time. They've never heard one time that Jesus died for them and that God loves them and that God has a great plan for them and that there's more than this world has to offer. Be a witness wherever you go to all of your friends. Don't be embarrassed of God. Don't be ashamed to be a preacher of the gospel. It's the only answer for the world. Why is the world so unashamed to preach what they believe, but Christians are so ashamed to preach what they know to be true by the word of God. Why is that? What a lie from the devil that he would try to tell you that people don't care about God or people 
aren't receptive to God or or people don't want the love of God. That's a lie. I've never seen people more hungry for the Spirit of God and more hungry for, for life and the love that is born from the Word of God and comes from Jesus. I've never seen people more hungry for it in all of my life. Don't be ashamed of God. Don't be ashamed of what you know you're anointed to do. It's time to do what God's anointed you to do. No more waiting. No more sitting around and waiting for somebody else to do it and sitting on your hands and expecting everything to fall into place. Now is the time to step out in faith and do what God has anointed you and called you to do. I plead with you, my generation, because I know a lot of younger people listen to this. It's time to step out and do what you know you're anointed to do by the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. I hope this word ministered to you. I want you to know that I love you. And God loves you. And I want you to be on the lookout for uh, the website because it's going to come out about around next week and it's going to be awesome. And, and like I was touching on, like I'm doing everything I can with it's within my, within my power and within the platform that God's given me at this moment in time to get the gospel to as many people as I possibly can. You know, I'm getting to the point where I just want to get a megaphone and go on the street and start preaching because the time is short and Jesus is coming. And so the website's coming out around next week it's going to launch it's going to be great i know it's been a long time coming but it's going to be awesome when it finally launches so be on the lookout for that getting the word of god today i encourage you i hope this podcast has helped you spiritually but getting the word of god today grow closer to god every day now is not the time to drift away or become cold now is the time to get hot now is the time to stay on fire and stay around the word And I hope these podcasts are helping you every week to stay on fire and to stay in faith and to stay in the word. That's why I'm doing them, because I love you and I care about your life and I care that you would fulfill the calling that's on your life. And and of course, ultimately, I want you to be in heaven with me one day and I want you to make it. And I don't want the world to be able to beat you down and define your worth of who you are, but I want your worth to be defined by God's word and by what God said about you, not what a person said about you. So be on the lookout for the website, stay on fire, stay in the word. And finally, once again, one final time, I want you to know that I love you. God loves you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.